I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Disaster at the Valley as Oxford put four past the Addicts, a chastening and embarrassing defeat for Johnny Jackson. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday. I hope you guys are well after well yesterday's uh, disaster at the Valley. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me on the pod this week to look back at that horror show in SU7, the 4-0 defeat against Oxford United and former boss Carl Robinson is of course Mr Benji Cloak. How you doing Ben? You feeling any better yet? I feel alright myself, but my football self is feeling totally deflated after yesterday, uh, I must say. I'm impressed I'm impressed that you managed to sort of departmentalise yourself into your into real Ben and, and Charlton Ben and, and they can have two very different feelings at the same time. <laughs> it's good to separate it sometimes, otherwise it ruins <laughs> your whole weekend. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It, ha- it already has, already has, unfortunately. So on today's show, as I said, we will be uh, looking back at that defeat. Uh, we're going to hear the brief highlights uh, in, in a few moments' time. 
uh, if not mainly to hear Steve Brown's uh, analysis of it because I think it's quite telling. Uh, we're also going to hear, of course, from uh, Johnny Jackson, the manager, absolutely deflated when we spoke to him after the game yesterday. We're also going to hear from the former Addicts boss, Carl Robinson, who was here uh, with his Oxford side yesterday. Now, obviously, we don't always play the opposition manager. We do sometimes when they say something interesting. I think uh, Robbo certainly did have something reasonably interesting to say. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll discuss that later on. Of course, we've got all of your reaction as well. We've got your tweets and your emails uh, and your fans bar reaction as well. Ben was uh, kind enough to delve into the fans bar uh, after the game yesterday and, uh, well, pick up some opinions. And, uh, well, I mean, Ben, before we hear the highlights, uh, the opinions... You can you can understand them really. It's so disappointing. You know, game started okay at, at a good fifteen twenty minutes. I thought here we go we're on we're on the front foot a bit here, but as soon as a goal went in, we absolutely fell apart. Uh, lost our discipline. That red card red card for Sean Clare, of course, um, and, and ended up on on the end of a a particularly humbling scoreline. Cool. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, yeah. Oh. Just, I just said to you there off air at the end of the game. There, I was just slumped down on my seat, felt totally dejected. Um, and watching Ro- uh, Robinson and Oxford celebrate at the end wasn't wasn't pleasant to to see because that's where we thought we were going to be this year, uh, beating teams and high up in the league. But look, at the start of the game, it was obviously very tricky to pick a starting eleven because we're missing key players, especially up front. Um, I was quite pleased with the lineup because we were saying beforehand in the bar that I thought their midfield is quite key to how they play. So if we could pack out our midfield, um, it really could try and nullify their threats. And I thought we did that. As you said, first 20 minutes, I thought we were playing the ball nicely, but also stopping them from playing through the middle, which is what they like to do, play through the middle and then flood the wings and try and overlap us. Um, So, yeah, I thought we started the game well. Uh, and then gave away a, quite a sloppy goal, really. I mean, Purrington got pulled out of position and 1-0. And, and as Jackson said afterwards, we just never recovered from that. We never got back to those to that first 20 minutes where we actually looked okay and our shape was good. Uh, our heads went down and we didn't didn't recover from it. Um, and that, that was the most disappointing part of it, really. It, it was all Oxford after that. And, yeah, just... Yeah, really, really tough, tough afternoon. And let's have a listen back to the highlights uh, on Charlton TV. Steve Brown, as always, alongside Greg Stubbley and George Terry Dobson. Smith. Dobson it is who takes the ball off him, but only runs through to Sykes, who gets the ball across into the edge of the penalty area, into Taylor. Taylor with the shot, and he's found the goal. Top right-hand corner. Charlton switch off just for a second, and Oxford take the lead. Yep, they've been second best by and large, but that was their, you know that was a spell of possession they had. I mean, they've had a little touch of fortune because that was a challenge that was, you know, in terms of the result of that challenge, the ball could have gone anywhere and it fell straight to an Oxford player who chested it down. What he did after that was quite exquisite. The slide ball pass down the side of our centre-half was really good in terms of the technical ability and the weight of pass, and the finish is outstanding. As Williams gets the better of Matthews, cuts inside. Ball out, looking for Taylor, it's a nice set-up, Taylor will get there, and shoots, and gives Oxford a second. Through the legs of McGilvery, the counter-attack again from Oxford was good, the set-up was perfect, and Taylor again showing his class for the finish. Yeah, uh, go back to the challenge on Williams. 
you know, in terms of in terms of it, he then cuts inside. It's a lovely through ball on his left hand side to Taylor with a lovely run off the shoulder. I think the keeper's got to do better. I think the challenge initially on Williams has got to be better. And that, you know, in all in all fairness, that could be three 0 You know, we've just got away with one with less than a minute ago. Uh, and we give him another chance within 60 seconds, and we are 2 0 down. As there is the half time whistle. It's a chance to take the free kick quickly. Comes to Dobson, looks the diagonal ball across towards Lee. It's a lovely pass. Lee controls. Can he keep hold of it for Charlton? He can. Turns back, finds Burstow. Burstow, can he score? He's just wide. You see, toe pokes in the end. It might well have taken the deflection. Just crept wide. Sean Clare trying to get back for Chom. Instead, it's Oxford who bring it with Baldock. Baldock with Williams on the outside, cuts inside. Baldock will strike and finish. It's a glorious finish. And Oxford have the third. It's Sam Baldock, the goal scorer. Yeah, I, I, I want to rewind that back to where that started from, which was McGilvery coming a long way out of his goal and chipping the ball into a headstrong wind, which they got to first and headed 15 yards back to a player that was unmarked who took a touch and turned and then attacked us we will forget about the secondary where we've let a player come inside to open up that far corner again which has happened far too many times there's the goal kick it's short no one gets there player comes through with a free header it's that bit that I think I'd be concerned about where there's a player in space being able to control a header clear turn and put Oxford on the attack calmly passes out to left to Williams and goes forward down the line towards Taylor Claire caught the wrong side of Taylor, tries to get to the ball. And Claire and Taylor exchange a few. He's been like this for the last two or three games. And Ryan Innes showing some frustration as well, and this is all a little bit unnecessary. Uh, um, I said, did I not say off air before the game? We've had one or two players showing a little bit of dissent during the games, like they've been on a booking, you think you can't do that on a booking, so just chill out a bit. And little things like this is just frustration from the performance, from the result. You know, he's off the shoulder and away again there. In reality, that is, that's one ball in behind us where we were positioned wrong again defensively. We're in front, not the set. We've got no communicators back there. They don't organise. We haven't got anybody that points a finger at another player that tries to challenge another player that's probably not doing what they're supposed to be doing within the structure of our setup. We accept things far too easily. Over Sean Clare. We'll wait and see what this decision is. And it is a red card for Sean Clare. Yeah, 100%. A Charlton 3-0 down, and now we're 10 men. Sean Clare against his former side. Given the red card. Altercation with can't Taylor. Go, can't go grabbing people around the face, Greg. McGuane looking to take on Morgan. Back instead goes to Kane. Inside to White. Across to Brannigan. Brannigan. Thought about a shot with the left, now goes with the right, Tennyson into the top right-hand corner. And that's the fourth. Yeah, wonderful strike. Uh, again, I would have guessed that he wasn't going to take the shot on his left and that he wanted to cut back on his right, um, but we didn't work that out. And once he did that, it was just about the execution. It's still a lot of work for him to do, and the shot is an incredibly good shot. They've scored two wonderful goals in terms of the execution to today and that one was unstoppable yeah, we haven't been the most threatening on the attack and there goes the final whistle and it is the final whistle understandable reaction from the valley crowd there we go uh doesn't get any easier on, on second listening um where, where do you start with that performance ben because i mean we mentioned like that the first 20 minutes were good like you're right we're on the front foot maybe not creating a great deal but you thought okay this this is considering the limitations we knew we had but 
It was interesting in Carl Robinson's post-match presser, he mentions when I think it was Matt Taylor, Matty Taylor who went down injured maybe 10, 15 in, and he called his entire players over. I mean, the way he spoke about it, he sort of he made it sound like there's probably nothing wrong with him, and actually it was a chance for them to have a reset. And, uh, you know, I think Southampton have been pointed out that they've been doing that a lot this season. They, they have a reset, a break, a, a tactical discussion around that time. Um, and, and Carl sort of mentioned that he changed tactics. And, and from then on, it was all Oxford, and we didn't react to that at all. Uh, I mean, the defending for the goals will obviously lead... Uh, leave a lot to be desired as well. But it, it's it's the way that they were able to react to something and then we didn't, especially after going behind. There's all sorts of question marks about morale there and about whether we as a, as a team and, and Jacko as a boss was quick enough to react to, to what, whatever it was that Carl Robinson changed. Yeah, I think it was it was difficult to see with, with our starting lineup what kind of formation we would play, whether Jackson would mix it up and try a different formation because I mean we only had one recognised centre back in that starting eleven. So it took a while for Robinson to kinda of see how the game was playing out and then try and attack us where we were most weak. And if you look at those first two goals, Taylor scores on the on the back of Parrington out of position, especially that second goal he scores. He, the, the ball's played through to him and Parrington's lost him completely and he and he fires in under McGilvery. I think he he stopped the game and thought, right, let, let's judge it here. We've got two good strikers up front. Obviously, Taylor's one of the best in the league. Bulldog, an experienced striker. How can we get these two involved a lot more? And, and they did. Um, and then they started winning the battles in the middle. Um, and because of the lack of personnel for us up front, we couldn't, we couldn't seem to get the ball going for us, really, could we? But um, it's, it's always going to be hard without um, uh, our main strikers. Of course it is. And I think Robbo said that afterwards as well. Like We, we came to Charlton um, playing them on a good day because they're missing so many key men. But at the back, we're missing no one. I mean, I, I didn't understand the lineup. to be fair, with no Lavelle. Uh, Pierce or Fanwo, and you're starting Parrington, a left centre back, and Claire, right centre back. I just thought one of them would have played to make it a bit more balanced, and and it showed yesterday. I thought we were stretched, especially with the goals, um, and and they exploited us. They definitely exploited our weaknesses there. Mm, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I did ask Jackson about Sam Lavelle after the game. If he if he if he's in a position now to be fit enough to start games, it sounds like he is. So. Is it coming to that stage now? And obviously, we, we've asked the likes of Perrington and Claire to fill in in that back three at different times this season. Matthews has been there. Uh, even Gunter was there at one point, wasn't he? But I mean, are, are you getting to the stage now? Well, now, now that we're starting to look a little bit shaky at the back again, you know, we conceded some sloppy goals last last couple of away games at Bolton at Wigan. Uh, and, and obviously, yesterday was, was, was all over the place. Are you in that position now where you think, well, maybe it is time to... Especially with Sean Clare, we've got no choice anyway. But it is time to start bringing in some of those defenders again just to see if they can make this formation work. Yeah, totally. Look, I'm happy with Jackson sticking with that formation. I think one complaint against Adkins was that we didn't have an identity of how we wanted to play football. The players seemed like strangers on the pitch sometimes. They couldn't work out how we wanted to play. And we can see that with Jackson. He's got a clear philosophy of how he wants to play. And when he first took the reins uh, at Sunderland, he had to put uh, square pegs in round holes because we didn't have the personnel. We had injured players, especially when Lavelle went off during that game and Pierce had to come and come on and Lecco dropped to right wing back and that kind of thing. But now we've got the players back. 
I'd love to see Claire go up the pitch a bit more because he, I think he's got a lot more to offer in that uh, position. And and it just seems like Lavelle was playing so well before he got injured. He was one of our shining lights at the time, and then he's come back and he can't get in the team. But there's there's Ben Parenson there who he probably doesn't want to play in that position either. Like as he got exploited yesterday, as I said, and. And you got Jayasimi at left wing back, and sometimes that works. I think sometimes it doesn't. I think they, again, got down that side a bit too much yesterday. So it just makes sense to kind of bring in players in the correct positions. I mean, as we've seen, we've got players playing for their contracts out there at the moment. There's so many of them out of contract. So surely you've got to give them the right position to play in so they can really show what they are and what they're about. But. Look, it's going to take a summer rebuild, isn't it, now to kind of go, right, this is how I want to play and needs the players I want in that position. But the players out there yesterday in those positions just really didn't do enough, did they? Mm, yeah, I mean, especially the defending for the, for the goals in, in the first half, it just felt felt like we got cut open a little bit too easy. Like, funnily enough, I felt like we'd got down their right side a, a couple of times in the opening 20 minutes and got crosses in that eventually ended up leading to nothing. There was that one that that DJ put in into the uh, the side netting at the far post. Um, but yeah, it was, it was twice in the space of, what, seven or eight minutes that we got ripped apart down that side, and, that, and that'll be concerning. Yeah, massively. Um, I mean, going back to the, the, the first goal, I think it was, it, it was a little bit lucky. Um, it was in the middle, well, just outside the box. Dobson gets a good tackle in, and then it falls to one of their guys, and just a quick one-two, Parrington got drew in and he finished it really well, to be fair to Taylor. Put it right across the keeper into the top corner. Very hard for McGilvray to get to that. Um, and then the second goal, uh, Matthews just slides in, misses the ball. And a, a great ball across from one of their guys, I think it was uh, Williams, right across our back three. And uh, yeah, part again, out of position, comes right across and Macca should do better with that. Um he really should. I think he'll be beating himself up about that. But at the same time, where are we? A ball's come right across our, our back three like that. And um, he's fired it underneath the keeper. So, yeah, look, the last few games we've been moaning, saying, oh, we conceded from another set piece and we let a penalty, uh, silly penalty, give give a silly penalty away. And, and this week we've just like been totally opened up by Oxford. And, uh, yeah, really exploited. So now we can turn around and go, look, Famo hadn't been playing well the last few games, so he got taken out. But then he's come on yesterday because of Claire getting sent off. And maybe it's time for him to come back and prove his worth. Because, again, as someone playing for a contract at the club. Yeah. Um, start of the second half, Mason came on again. He had that half chance. And you're thinking, right, maybe we've started the second half a little bit brighter. But, you know, almost immediately the third goal, Sam Bulldog. It's a lovely finish. He's cut in, but... How many times have we spoken about, you know, it was something that we spoke about a lot earlier on in the season about showing your players outside and not giving them that yard of space on the edge of the area and a shooting opportunity. And I think that's what Adam Matthews has done there. I think his argument is, you know, someone on the overlap, but I think Kirbishley was saying it on the Charlton TV. I just caught a bit of it afterwards. He's like, you've just got to go to the source of the danger as it is right now. And we didn't do that. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I know he's coming for a lot of flack on Twitter. Yes, yeah, Matthews to say like, oh, he doesn't care and that kind of stuff. And overall, I don't. It's not his man. Um, I can see see what people are uh, what they're saying and that with with Matthews Bulldog. 
was playing up in the front two and, and Matthews was at right wing back. So you can see why he's complaining to the rest of the defence to say, where are you? But as you so rightly said, why why are you letting a player run inside? Look, he's He's got the ball. He's their striker. He's going to want to get off a shot, especially the position he created for himself. And yeah, it was a superb finish. Curled it in. Maka again. Didn't have no chance with that one. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just the manner of the goals. It was just like, then our heads were down and we we're just wandering around and they're just curling in one like that, just simple. And, and we're sat there just slumped down thinking, oh, just just stop this game now. And of course, then it then it got worse with Claire getting sent off. So it just wasn't yeah. really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, what, what did you make of that? I mean, there's been a little bit of petulance in this side the last couple of weeks, isn't there? There were so many yellow cards yesterday, maybe more than it needed to be because I, I don't feel like all of them were, were yellow card offences but I mean that was silly from Sean Clare Ryan Innes could have gone as well because he came in and did almost exactly the same thing that Sean did he grabbed the geese around the face yeah it was a funny one because um as you said the referee was very card happy and he he booked Leco early on didn't he and then I think he thought right I've got to be consistent here and keep booking anyone that does a silly little foul and I've just got to go ahead and keep booking them. And, and really what happened was I, I didn't even think it was a foul by Claire. Um, I don't know if the referee did actually blow for a free kick to us or them at, at the time. Um, it was kind of a 50-50 ball over the top and he's he got there before the man and kind of his shoulders gone into him and, and they've, well, he's dragged Claire down to the ground and I don't think Claire's got wound up by that. Obviously, we're we're three 0 down at the time. He's got wound up, and it and it does look like. I mean, we're watching Charlton TV afterwards in the bar, and it does look like he kind of gives him a little kick on the floor as he's down there as he tries to get up. So, and then obviously Ryan Innes bursts in, and um, <laughs> and they all stepped away there, didn't they? They all got a bit scared, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's disappointing to lose to lose your head in that situation as. We've seen a few times this season now, but it's, oh, I guess it's not. I, they're all frustrated at the moment. He's been one of the better players this season. So, especially against his old side, he probably wanted to turn up and, and win and prove that his move was a good idea. And then he's got frustrated. The man's pulled him down and he's and he's kicked out. It's obviously poor from him and I'm sure Jacko let him know that. Um, but... It didn't really affect the game, did it? I mean, the, the headlines might go, oh, 10-man Charlton lose 4-0 to Oxford, but I don't think that affected the result at all. No, we were already 3-0 down, of course, at the time. And, and Brannigan added the fourth, and it was easily the, the goal of the day. It was a, a spectacular finish. Uh, rounded it off nicely for them. It uh, wasn't, wasn't the best for us. I guess the, the one good thing we got was the ball boy booting the ball at one of their lads on the floor. Um, and then playing up to the crowd after. Like the referee sort of sent him away as well. Uh, so at first, I thought he generally sent the ball boy off, which would have been quite fun. Uh, so at least, at, least, at least someone showed some uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know, like a funny side that we could enjoy. <laughs> oh, if we had to laugh at something, I mean, when the opposition scores, when they're all when their fans are all singing, hey, 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 and then he just drops his shoulder and pelts one into the top corner, just kind of summed up the afternoon, didn't it? But yeah, at least the ball boy had some fun, and obviously seeing Campbell come on, nice to see a youngster come on. Um, it was a bit late for him to obviously have any impact, but I'm sure a bit of an experience for him to come on in that position. Um, I just I just can't believe. The, the signings in Castillo and John, I mean, I know they were a bit behind with the fitness, but 
John didn't even look like he was going to come on. I didn't even see him warming up much on the side. I saw Castillo before the game with Carnu, just uh, with the fitness coach, just doing some running drills before the game. So obviously they were the two left out of the squad. It was like that was that was some attacking players in Castillo and John that we maybe could have used yesterday. But I mean, look, maybe Jacko's looked at him on the training ground and thought, well, these guys ain't up for it at the moment. So disappointing because obviously in January we needed some players to come in and kind of kickstart our season again. And these two players obviously haven't had that impact yet. Mm, excellent stuff. Right. Well, let's have a listen to what the addicts boss, Johnny Jackson, had to say after yesterday's defeat against Oxford. Uh, he came into the press room afterwards and I asked him for his thoughts on the overall performance. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, obviously hurts, doesn't it, losing like that at home. Uh, yeah, difficult difficult to take because I thought we start, started the game really well. Uh, 20, 25 minutes. I uh, was having a lot of joy implementing what we what we wanted and then sort of conceded out of nothing, really. Uh, and then... Our reaction to going behind was was poor. I thought we didn't we didn't recover. We didn't um, show the same level of bravery to to play the way that we wanted to play and the way that we'd started the game. Uh, we went away from that after we conceded and never really recovered. Why do you think that happened? Uh, oh, well, it was just, it's a setback. You know, you have to you have to deal with setbacks in the game, and when we never like, they they scored sort of from from a period when we was on top and uh, obviously that rocked us. Uh, but, you know, you need to be able to show the character to, to bounce back from those those sort of setbacks in games and today we didn't deal with it. Obviously, it had been a, a reasonably bright start, but do, do you feel like as soon as they they got into the lead that it, it felt like your, your team just seemed to stop doing what you'd asked them to do then? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, I thought we went away from, from doing well what we had done at the start of the game once we conceded and then... Um, certainly going two behind uh, obviously felt like you know a mountain to climb then uh, chasing the game um, from from sort of from dominating the early stages you find yourself two behind and you, you know wondering how that's happened and then yeah never never recovered from it it's quite a chasing scoreline to be on the end of a 4-0 home one as well I mean, it's, yeah. is it you know thinking about how you're going to react to this and how the players are going to react to this more importantly oh yeah we have to you have to dust yourself down you have to uh Time to show a bit of bit of uh, character now. You know, it's, it's a difficult one to take, but we're back out here on Tuesday night and we have to put it right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I need to react. I'll be looking for, for a reaction from my players um, in a game that, that, that we can win. Uh, so, in some ways, it's good to have a, you know, a quick turnaround. So, we can't... We obviously, we have to look at uh, the things that went wrong, but we haven't got time to dwell on it and feel sorry for ourselves. No, you know... No one's going to feel sorry for you. You have to get on with it, and uh, you have to show a bit of a uh, bit of fight and a bit of character. There's a lot of cards in the in the game today, of course, in, including for Sean Clare and his red card. Did you have a view on what happened there? I couldn't see it. I haven't seen it back yet, so I, I don't know. I don't know really what's happened, to be honest. Uh, it's all coming together. Um, I didn't. I don't even know what he's been sent off for, to be honest yet. So um, obviously, I'll have to have a look at it and. Made a judgment call then, but it's three games now. We're going to be without Sean. Yeah, I guess the chance with the likes of Sam Lavelle and is he fit and ready to to come straight back into the team, or, or someone like Akin as well, who's on the bench today? Yeah, yeah we are. obviously we have to look at uh, alternatives now in that position, and uh, do you know do we do we go about it differently? Um, that's obviously what I've got to look at over the coming days, and you know assess how the lads come out of, of that game as well, because uh, physically it's. 
it's going to take its toll, you know, playing with 10 men for, for that period of time as well. So, yeah, I'll have to look at that over the coming days. You're sounding like in a position to, to start games. I know he had a few minutes in, in one of the recent ones, didn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been on the bench and uh, obviously, you know, he had a bad injury. He's out for a long time and uh, hasn't hasn't had as many minutes as, as we would have liked. But, yeah, he's, you know, he's available for me to select now and obviously something that I'll be looking at. So I think the, the the last few results almost certainly now mean it's going to be almost impossible to chase down the playoffs. I mean, what, what do you think should be the aim now for the rest of this season in terms of what you can do in, in terms of laying groundwork or something for next season? Yeah, the aim is to try and win every game that we play, like always. But obviously, we have to start we have to start thinking about the future, and uh, you know, I have to I have to start you know thinking about uh, how and what I want my my team and squad to look like next season, and. Uh, the, the players here now have to show me between now and the end of the season that they want to be a part of it because um, I've got a clear idea of where I, where I want to go and where I want to take the football club and uh, it's up to them now to show me that, that they want to be a part of it or not and uh, they've got to step up they've got to step up and show with their their performance and, and their desire um, that, that they want to be a part of what I'm doing how far off do you think you are from a, a team that, that could be ready to make a, a challenge for next season? How much work do you think there will be to do in the summer? There's lots of work to do, but I mean you have to remember who we've got missing from this team, and uh, uh, you know I haven't got I haven't got um, three of my senior recognised centre forwards, and uh, I haven't lost a game of football when Stockley and Washington have started up front together. So um, obviously they're going to be huge misses, and we can't we can't lose sight of that. Um, so you know, if you've got those guys fit to choose from, um, and you add in the right areas, uh, and we recruit well, we'll have wonderful opportunity next season to do something something really really good. We wanted it this season, and uh, for many reasons it's not happened. But obviously, you know, when you, you know, if you took Matt Taylor and Bulldog and Brannigan and a few of those out of their side, you know, it, it would it would affect you and. To have Stockley, Washington, and EK and Fraser uh, missing is obviously going to going to make it more difficult. You likely to get any of those back at all for Tuesday? I mean, is Fraser <clears> getting any closer with his with his COVID? I'd say it's unlikely that any of them will be available for for Tuesday. Scott, uh, obviously, he's 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 back with us now. He uh, he was back at the training ground yesterday, but <clears throat> he was he was sort of quite unwell with with COVID and. Obviously, that you know that takes its its toll and takes time to recover from. So we'll uh, we'll have a look at him in the, in the next day or so and uh, make a call on it. Could be an important game now on Tuesday, as I said, to to react to this one with a, a good Milton Keynes side coming to the valley. Yeah, every game's important. Every game's important, um, and it's yeah we have to we have to show a reaction. Uh, that wasn't good enough today. That's the first defeat we've had under myself where we've you know we've we've. We've had a chasing really. Uh, every other every other defeat has been a narrow one uh, in close games, and obviously today that wasn't the case. So that hurts. Uh, losing always hurts, but not the, the nature of that one is obviously difficult to take. And uh, yeah, be looking for a response. Hey, folks! I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. there, heads it away, can Lee pick it up? Yes he can, ahead of Kamara, now sends Washington on that right hand side, he's in space Washington, into the area he goes, can he drill it home? Yes he can! Oh, Connor Washington! Put John, tune it up and could that be the game? A lovely ball out Connor Washington on the run Burstow is in the middle, but Connor Washington drills it home Charlton Live. There we go. Welcome back to Charlton Live. I uh, hope you guys are trying to uh, make the most of enjoying the show. It's a miserable show so far, unfortunately, after yesterday's defeat. We're just there before the break. Heard from uh, Johnny Jackson. I mean, Ben, this is like, I mean, we, we've had some defeats. We've had some narrow defeats, you know, like the, the last couple. We've had some, you know, games where we've never really been in it, but sort of like maybe sort of stuck in it and, and lost by the odd goal here and there. But I mean, this, this was a, a proper humbling result. You don't you don't get beat 4-0 at home often. Um, so, I mean, the, the best the best you can say for Jacko is it's going to be part of the learning curve. But I mean, it, he, he'll, he'll be desperately disappointed with what happened yesterday he'll be thinking right I mean what is it that I I did wrong yesterday he'll need to pick up on mistakes that he must have felt he made I mean we know we know there's players missing but I'm I'm sure they'll they'll, he'll be he'll be looking back at things thinking well maybe I should have done something a bit different there yeah totally I think look no one will be hurting more than Jacko after yesterday to um to see a, a Charlton side concede four at home and obviously don't not scoring any against your mate as well Carl Robinson gave him a chance in his coaching career it was pretty humbling for him yesterday and um yeah look he's always going to be learning at the moment because he's a young manager in this position um so every game he's going to be learning from every training session and and things like that so He's got to come out now, and and we've we've got Tuesday very quickly now coming with a massive game against a team that are right up there. Um, and if if we play again like yesterday, I mean they're just going to run through us and and do more than Oxford the way Milton Keynes are playing at the moment. But it's tricky. Look, we we are limited, but as I said, this is the the defence aren't injured at the moment. There's no one in that defence injured. So he's got to try and work out what kind of formation we can play 
looking forward to Tuesday, maybe mix up or maybe just stick three players there at centre-back in their right positions and and try and go back to basics a little bit. Um, Stick men behind the ball and and try and hit them on the break or something like that. But, yeah, look, it's going to be a real learning curve the rest of this season for Jacko because trying to get stuff out of players that are playing for their contracts, but also that haven't got too much to play for. It's going to be hard, but look, he's got to try and get a tune out of them um, and try and get some results because we've got obviously another tricky game at the weekend as well. But it's, it's really hard to put your finger on it, to be fair. I mean, we brought in some decent additions in Chucks and Frazier, but of course they're injured. So it's, it's always going to be hard with those players injured, but it's how, how we how we shut those goals out. We're just giving away too many simple goals to teams and open up too easily. And it's not for the one to try and you've got players in there like Dobson, who I thought gave a good account of himself yesterday. Uh, it's just trying to work around that, really. Mm, yeah, still plenty of, of work to do. I mean, do, do you think he will be looking at... I mean, he spoke about the that the players needing to prove to him that they're going to be here next season. As you said, it is quite tough to get that out of a team I and mean, we're going absolutely nowhere I mean the the still hope hopeful we won't get dragged into the relegation mire again um no no chance of us getting towards the playoffs you know that's I think that's probably the, f- the first time Jacko didn't exactly admit it yesterday but he certainly I asked him the question he didn't really come back and say you know deny it or anything but there's still there's still so much work to do but it is as you say trying to get a reaction out of those players some of whom probably they might deep down know they, they won't be here next season anyway well, yeah, you've got players that have totally seemed like they're in the bomb squad at the training ground and maybe train on their own now. You've got the likes of Suarez, Watson, Gunter that are just no, nowhere near the team that obviously have probably know their fate and they won't be here next season. Um, but then there's the likes of Elliot Lee there. I thought he did okay in patches yesterday. But look, he's looting a flying in the championship. He's not going to get uh, another shot there. I don't know if his contract's running out of looting, but... He's going to be trying to uh, play his way and want to stay with us. Um, obviously, likes of Connor Washington, who's injured at the moment, somebody's out of contract. Jason Pierce, I mean, he's got a point to prove. Um, he played well earlier on in the year. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to get out of them, but also at the same time, you, they got to warrant those performances themselves and and show they're ready. I mean, as I said, you've got people like this, Niall John and Castillo in the background wanting to prove himself that they can go on loan to clubs and maybe push themselves for their parent club. But Jacko's obviously not seen it in training from him. So it's going to be tricky now until the end of the season. But as you said, we, we we're only nine points away from that relegation fight. So they've got to fight for something. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of give us fans something because I know a lot of fans yesterday that, that just couldn't be bothered to go. They just, and that was shown in the attendance, lots of empty seats everywhere and, just kind of takes away the fun out of the day at all, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole attendance debacle is a, is a, a whole different thing uh, to talk about. Uh, obviously, with the the situation with the the free tickets being given away and then not taken yesterday. Uh, yeah, that was a a bit of a shambles, unfortunately, as well. Right, I did say we were going to hear from Carl Robinson as well, which uh, we don't often hear from the opposition manager. But Carl, uh, obviously, the former Charlton boss who. Uh, was the man who started Jacko on this uh, journey towards uh, becoming a coach and then a manager. Uh, he was asked uh, yesterday in the press conference um, if he had any advice uh, for Johnny Jackson, who would obviously be feeling very down after yesterday's result. He will do. I don't think he should be the one looking at himself. 
I think I could go as deep as I want to go, but I don't think it's fair in what I want to say. But I've stood there when I don't think it overly helps sometimes when, like I say, that some of the things that happen today are sometimes out of manager's control. You look at the bench that they had, the players they put out. I was speaking to Jake Forster, Kasky, Scott Fraser, Chuck Sanike before the game. The three of us having a conversation just in the foyer. And I was like, oh, thank, thank Connor Washington. How can you how can you miss these players and be a potent threat in the final third? Like, say, for me, it was one of them ones where another storm came in yesterday and I was sort of sat in the training ground thinking, please don't be off tomorrow. We, we knew there was going to be injuries to the opposition. It's a great time to play Charlton. Let's not get that wrong either. And sometimes as a manager, when you have nothing else to do, you've got to rely on heart and desire and sometimes a little bit of luck, which we got at times and they never... You just got to take these, these 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 results in your stride. Now, uh, he's he's a, he's just an unbelievable fella. I tell you what I like today. The fans were stuck behind him, and one a fan had to go with putting a sub on and saying it should be the ones who were on the pitch taking the criticism at the end. Um, they stayed behind the players. I've I've touched me as you know. I've been here when this place has gone, um, and I, I don't think the fans at any time today. I thought they were good. I, I really do. It went quiet, but it didn't go really negative towards him the players can't have any excuse for the fans that did stick with them and I think it was uh, these are the, I think I spoke to uh, I spoke to people in the week and Rich we were saying that these are what make you a good manager these are what you need and I think these are and, and that's not being patronising that's not being condescending towards Johnny because he's, he's one of the nicest fellows you meet but, and, he, and the reason why it hurts him because he cares for, for Charlton Athletic more than most people and I wish some, maybe other people have that same pain and, and hurt that he'll probably have this evening. And uh, I've obviously have a, have a beer with him now. He's someone that he's right up there with, with one of the most intelligent coaches I've worked with. Brightest people as well. He's a bright young man. And young man is only a few years older. <laughs> but he's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's really bright. He's really, really... He knows what he's doing. And for me to say that at the back of it, it's not a friendship thing. I just think a lot of other things might need to change for to make this a... A good club again. But like I say, I wish this football a look in the world, and I'm sure the rebuilding process has already started. Um, and Jacko, this would be this would be something that I think you'll remember, and it'd be something to make. I had I had so many bathrooms, and I was probably a lot worse than Jacko, trust me. And um, I remember going home and not knowing which way to turn. I was a disgrace to my family, to my friends. I was I was almost a recluse because of how much it hurt me. <clears throat> I don't think even when I was here, some of the results that we had, the consistent we got, it hurt. It did it. I felt that when we were here, we did some good things and weren't getting some of the right, some of the, the rub of the green. Today, we've got four worldies. We haven't missed many chances. So it's not like we've, we've, we've made six, seven, eight opportunities. We've scored great goals. And I think sometimes you sort of can't see, see where you're going in any direction. And I know how much you'll be hurting. And I've sat in that, in that armchair at home, wanting to throw the remote through the telly so many times and, and sort of being not a great dad to my daughter or a, or a great husband at any stage because I care so much. He cares for his club more than I've cared for any club I've ever worked for in some ways. I've seen that in his eyes. So it's uh, it's something that runs through in this football club. The passion that you have to show to play for, for Chant Athletic is, is is certainly with him. And he certainly has the, the nous and the understanding. He now maybe just needs to be given a bit more of the reins to, to do what he needs to do. And maybe that may change. There we go. Interesting stuff from from Carl Robinson there, Ben. I mean, sometimes with Carl, you have to sort of take him with a pinch of salt because we know what he's like and he does have a habit of saying stuff, just letting his mouth go. But I mean, it, it felt like there was something that there was something he felt needed to be said there about the running of the club or Jacko not being the one who needs to look at himself. 
giving Jacko the reins to do what he wants um, and, and things needing to change at the club. So it, it was fascinating, certainly newsworthy, which is why we, we've put it on the pod this week. Cool, yeah. With Robbo, he, he loves it, doesn't he? Oh, I'll just tease you by saying something, but I won't tell you all of what I know, but I'm just going to say this and you can work out the rest. It's like, well, we can't work out the rest. Go on, you tell us. And he's like, no, no, no. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? Look, we, we can all see at the club that a lot of things need to change. Uh, as you said, with the ticketing scheme just not working. Um, um, and it does seem weird that we've, we don't have a CEO um, I don't know what more Robinson was implying there that kind of Jacko doesn't have full control as manager of the club uh, is he saying there's other people there kind of putting their nose in and kind of getting in the way obviously we know with Jackson's contract it's um, based on performances and will be judged at the end of the season which we spoke about in the week didn't yeah. we kind of saying yeah I mean there was that those- there was there was that clarification in the week that apparently, I mean, again, this all has all come from the fact that it wasn't very clearly explained at the start. Because if you if you look at on the Charlton website, there's quotes from Thomas saying that it would automatically renew at the end of this season based on uh, sort of a certain criteria, which we now know is a league position. Um, but now this week they're saying the original contract is for 18 months. The only thing that will change is the remuneration if Jacko gets sacked. So if we don't finish above whatever that position is, then if Jacko gets sacked, then he could get sacked for cheaper. But uh, that's a clarification of sorts. I don't know if it really changes much because it's still effectively saying, well, no, I could still sack you. But you could sack, sack him at any time as well. It's just things like that. Me- messaging at the club can be, a, can be a bit confused sometimes. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, massively. I think with, what, uh, with fans, what we've struggled with over the years is just clarity. Um, we just really need the messages from the board related to the fans, from the management to the fans to be a lot more clearer so we can all read from the same hymn sheet and kind of go forward as a club. Um, and look, I think there's most Charlton fans out there still want Jackson to be here next season as manager. And as we've said before, he knows his identity, he knows his philosophy to kind of implement that at the club with the right personnel he thinks are ready to go forward, then, then great. I mean, we're at the end of February now um, and, what, we've got a couple of tricky games now coming up. Uh, and then, then you're at March and then you're kind of at that final third of the season where most teams work out where they're going to be, if they're going to be pushing up, pushing down. For us, it looks like we're just going to be in mid-table trying to push up as high as we can. Um, and then it's working out what, what players are going to be here next season and, and just letting us fans know as well, really. Um, and, and the bit I'd, about Jackson having the reins, I mean reading between the lines do you, do you think that's about transfers I mean what do you think that what would you what do you think that's regarding obviously we know that that Steve Gallon's in the background along with with Martin Sangard who you know we, we still don't really understand exactly what experience he has in this world uh, other than of course having a, a really powerful shot it's it's hard to read between the lines on that the only thing you can think of is, is that it is about transfers um, and maybe he doesn't have the full control of what players he wants to bring in. Um, the Sandgard one is, it does seem a strange one because uh, Martin Sandgard, that is because, as you said, his experience about football does seem very small. Um, whereas Gallon's experience is good. Is he trying to block what Gallon's doing at the club? Because we know he's done some great things and brought some great, great players in for us in the past. Um, 
So, yes, it's, it's maybe Robbo's coming out. Look, Robbo's his mate. Um, Robbo's experienced that at the club. He's experienced this kind of time at the club where the kind of season's running out of steam. Um, I'm wondering what to do the season after and kind of like, look, if you let me do this and this, then this is how I want to do things. But if Jackson's being held back from this by a guy like Sangard, maybe if uh, Martin Sangard, if that's what they're saying, who's kind of calling the shots, then it's going to be frustrating for him. But Jackson obviously was able to bring in Skiverton, which seems to have uh, helped at the start. And he's a defender himself. So that's something they can work on now of our defence on the training ground. But yeah, going forward, yeah, look, it's, it's very tricky at the moment to kind mm. of, we're in that lull in the season, aren't we, where... Just absolutely if, can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if, it, if, it ended, if, it, next. if it ended tomorrow, it'd still feel too late. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages uh, that have come in. We've had loads of tweets and emails, so we're going to try and get to all of them uh, if possible, but don't be too offended if we uh, don't get to yours. Uh, Lonnie Eager says it was worse uh, than anything he saw under Nigel Atkins. It was embarrassing. Uh, and gutless. Uh, James wants us to read out the local TV uh, TV listings for Tuesday night uh, just to let people know that they do have an alternative to watching the game against Milton Keynes. Yeah, uh, that's not too bad. Uh, Mendonca's right foot says, we've got players who can't get the basics right and they're supposed to be seasoned professionals. It's a joke uh, that they might end up uh, throwing another manager under the bus. Uh, Maka, uh, Maka Lad said it was an embarrassing, dire, clueless, shambles and gutless. Uh, I think uh, that covers it. David says, uh, almost nothing to cheer yesterday. There was only one standout performance on our side. He showed uh, speed, aggression, ball skill, and an ability to lift the crowd. Uh, we need to make sure that ball boy is, is back uh, next season. Gary says, hi, guys. I don't understand how we can play some good football for 20 minutes, then completely fall apart. Uh, our passing, uh, defending, and finishing was a disgrace. I wonder what these guys do on the training ground all week. We were uh, humiliated. Glenn says it was embarrassing. Getting tired of sitting amongst people. Uh, they're on a freebie as well again, watching this dire team in this dire league. The club is underperforming from top to bottom. Uh, so Darcy said, what went wrong? The preseason was a disaster. January transfer window uh, was more like signing other teams' kids for a quid. Uh, and we got taken apart by a team in seventh place. End off. Well played, uh, Oxford. Richard uh, Justin says, what do you make of the rumour posted on Charlton Life that Castillo uh, was only signed as a favour uh, to Bowie. Yeah, I'm aware of the rumour. Obviously, it's, it's hard to put any any, any substance behind that uh, without knowing the, the, the full story. But I'm, I'm fully aware of the rumour and obviously it came, coincided with uh, a signing Chucks and EK from, uh, from Birmingham uh, as well. Right, Les says, uh, thoughts after yesterday, don't play Lico as the main striker. It doesn't work for him or the team. Was Gilby even on the pitch? Never let Matthews near a Cholton shirt again. Keep playing Dobbo, Innes, Claire, Morgan and McGillory and give youngsters... Uh, some more uh, game time. DCF asked the question, is the season over yet? I mean, not literally, but yeah, effectively. <laughs> it's been over for a long time. Simon uh, said it was woeful. The body language of some players yesterday was embarrassing. I feel for Jacko. No senior strikers and too many players underperforming. We are now seeing why Lee has had nine different clubs since 2012. Not sure why we had three centre-backs on the bench and only one on the pitch. Uh, Nicky said, I appreciate this is probably a joke. Uh, about the TV thing. So true fans will still watch their game on uh, on Tuesday. As a Chomp fan, you have to learn to embrace the misery. <laughs> uh, and then Big Tone says, the first 15 minutes uh, were we were the better side, uh, but we didn't finish the two chances we created. Carl Robinson made a slight change of formation and they scored two quick goals. Then we completely fell apart, lacked confidence and ability. I'm always pretty positive, but that was awful. Well, cheers for that, Big Tone. Let's get some more fans' views as well. Benji uh, very kindly went into the fans' bar uh, after the game to uh, try and harvest some opinion 
this is what these uh, these Addicts fans said to us after the humiliating 4-0 defeat against Oxford. Higher performance, no attacking threat up front. Birthdays looks all right, is all you can say. He's won a few headers, but even then, there's no one to get on the end of them, no one to finish them. Um, just, yeah, just very, very poor. Uh, defensively, we were a mess, the second goal especially. Nobody follows their runners, and Oxford have had it easy, haven't they? This really? was a home performance of ineptitude, which I've not seen even under Nigel Adkins. And that's not a criticism of the manager, it's just a reality. You know, the heads dropped, body language was poor. Oxford are in challenging for promotion, but even so, it's very worrying. And I feel that despite the fact people say, oh, you know, Charlton are not going to get promoted, they're not going to get in the playoffs. You know, we're looking over our shoulders at the bottom four. And if things don't improve over the next few matches, that's where we're going to be. And we are playing teams who are at the top of the table. Very worrying. Uh, it's disappointing, I think, losing, obviously losing 4-0, but I think what really disappointed me was we seemed to lose our discipline quite a lot, I think, in the second half. And, you know, the sending off, fair enough. I can see why why he got wound up, uh, Claire. Um, but, you know, after that, I felt that yeah, we didn't really fight hard enough and, you know, collapsed a little bit, really. Uh, one word, shambolic. Um, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. To be honest, the season's it's completely done, but to put it into words, it's, it's hard. I don't know where we go from here. I think it needs a whole change. Top to bottom. Um, some people say Jackson's the top, but I think from the top of the whole club, I think there's no direction. Um, it needs to be addressed over the summer, otherwise we'll be in League One for a uh, long while yet. I think the formation... Uh, we are stuck in the 3-5-2. We won't change it. Maybe four at the back would have been better today with the players available. And also, we've got no defenders injured, but three of our best centre-backs are on the bench. So, um, yeah, we didn't start with a, other than Innes. We started with one recognised centre-back or defender. And just very, very poor. Um, yeah, don't don't really have much more to say on it, to be honest. It's just awful. Um, the season's a write-off. And we've got to rebuild and think about who we want to keep if anyone well, for next season tactically we're not really very good and we don't really have people up top to uh, capitalize on anything coming from behind and there's not much coming from behind anyway i don't think you can rely on young men like or young lads like burstow who good luck to him he's a, he's a young lad he's still learning he may have been transferred to chelsea but at the end of the day, he's uh, playing in League One. He's still he's only 18 years of age. Um, we don't have much up top. There's no authority there. And uh, I worry about the rest of the season. I don't, I don't understand the setup, to be honest. We've got playing three at the back again. We're playing Sean Clare, who's naturally a centre mid on the right side, and Perrington, who's a left back on the left side. And then we've got Pearson Famuel on the bench. Um, play the centre backs in the centre back position. Play the players where they play. Yeah, cheers for doing that, Ben. Uh, I, I can't imagine it's great fun when I asked you to go and do that after, after a game like that. I don't know, actually. It's, that's what I missed. Is it cathartic? We in... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just When we were in lockdown and we had a defeat, you kind of just turned off the TV, threw the remote across the room and just sat there really annoyed like about it and just wanted to chat about it with people and kind of 
just talk about it and talk about the game and then you could kind of release your anger with other fans and discuss mm. what went wrong and I enjoy doing it actually yeah. it's it's quite nice to kind of get yeah. everyone's opinions afterwards you could tell I needed that as well because I actually came into crossbars and bought a full round as well for everyone you could tell that's how desperate I was just to get it off my chest it was, yeah, well, at least was... we saw a, we saw a good game in Tottenham Man City, so that yeah, was, that so was yeah, right. Yeah, cheered us up, yeah. <laughs> right, let's have a look at some of the emails uh, we've got as well. Uh, McSquare said it was hopeless. There was no defence, no attack, no pressing, no movement, no urgency, no discipline, and no chance. That performance was every bit as appalling as anything we witnessed under Satkins or the uh, Roland Rat Brigade. Uh, the only player to come out of the game with any credit whatsoever was Bursto, who at least looked lively uh, when he came on. Our best forwards are all crocked. The defence is a shambles. The midfield looked devoid of ideas and confidence and belief. Furthermore, we have nobody on the bench apart from Bursto that can make a significant uh, difference. Matthews and Puritan are both liabilities defensively. Innes is walking wounded and Claire's behaviour for the red card was a disgrace. It's a good job. We're not in the relegation zone or will be certs to end up in League 2 on this form. The sooner uh, we can get to the end of the season uh, and have a total rebuild, the better. The 4-0 scoreline definitely flattered us. It seems the opposition teams only need to score one goal and it's game over. No highlights for us, only a lowlights. The way things are, we might as well field the under-23s. It's highly unlikely that they would do any worse. Generally speaking, I'm not a fan of supporters walking out well before the final whistle, but on the this occasion, I couldn't blame anyone for doing so. It was horrendous. Natalie uh, said, uh, I agree with this uh, from Southbank on the Charlton Life Forum. If you have no fit strikers, then you set up to stop the uh, opposition from scoring, then hope for at least a point. Jackson's team selection was kamikaze. I found it particularly tough. I was born in Oxford and Gobinson uh, with their manager. I knew it was going to happen. Didn't feel great today. And with the weather, I just didn't fancy it, but I couldn't uh, not go. I bet you wish you hadn't now, <laughs> Natalie. Thanks for your, for your message. Oliver uh, said, it's shame about the result. I think we were taught a lesson uh, a lesson by a team uh, who could finish. Uh, and then Al says, we were, we we're nine points uh, off Morecambe in 21st place. If uh, we were nine points off sixth place, would we be all, all still be thinking that we could get into the playoffs? Everyone is saying our season is done. Uh, it's unlikely, but we could still, still go down from here. It's far from done. Stranger things uh, have happened. Yeah, I mean, as you said, Ben, it's still... Still up for grabs, I guess, that relegation battle. We could still get dragged back into it if, we, uh, if we're if we not careful. Right, David says, uh, unfortunately, we were played off the park today. Win at any cost, Carl Robinson, with his dubious, unsportsmanlike tactics. Did anyone count how many times they ended up on the floor? A masterclass uh, in faking it. Our players need anger management classes as well to stop the needless yellow and red cards. And why do we wait until the dying minutes... Uh, of a game to put our subs on. Oh, well, uh, on to Tuesday. Yeah, got to do it again on Tuesday. We keep forgetting that. Right, Robert says, uh, the less said about the performance, the better. It was an absolute shambles. Fortunate to lose just by four. Three consecutive defeats against teams who are fighting for promotion. The only hope is that these defeats will show Thomas Sangard how far we are from being a promotion-challenging side. Jacko needs to identify a new strategy that will ensure we can keep clean sheets as we look certain to concede a goal every time. Uh, we're playing. I understand that we have injuries, but at least Bowyer kept us competitive uh, when we had Vennings and Dempsey in our midfield during the championship season. Finally, it's been mentioned over the last couple of months that giving away free tickets devalue the worth of owning a season ticket, but nothing devalues the season ticket more than our performance yesterday. Too many performances like that 
and Jacko will not make it uh, to the new season. That's from uh, Robert. Cheers, Robert, for your email. Tom says, morning, gents, and Sue, if she's in. Uh, looking forward to tonight's show, as per usual. Stop playing these lone players. Play our own kids. Yesterday was a disgrace. Play for the shirt or get them shipped out. Uh, we can't change manager again. We need to stick with Jacko and give him time. He has to pick the players and get back to basics. Stop using computers. Get proper scouting, identifying players. Uh, four four two and start grinding results out. Use the remainder of the season to tinker with formation and youngsters. Also, uh, I'd like to know if the rumours are true that Sangard wants out or if he's looking for investment. Keep going, boys. Uh, must be uh, tough after yesterday's result and the negativity uh, about at the moment. Well, I, again, I've, I, I've I've seen those rumours. I think I saw someone mention it. I think Rick mentioned it on Twitter yesterday. Uh, again, often these things sort of go go under the radar don't they so we, we never know if there's any any truth in it but yeah i've seen those rumors right jack said uh afternoon chaps well uh, where can we start um wasn't there so watch it on charlton tv i thought we started okay but obviously the changes in the squad lately with the injuries and players has had its effect uh, as soon as that first goal went in our heads dropped and we honestly just didn't, didn't seem to fancy it after that hopefully we'll get a few bodies back in for tuesday and jacko we get a rocket up the back sides uh, and help us finish the season on a high. On a side note, I've seen a lot of criticism and views towards the owner uh, and a few others about extra investment going forward. Possibly an olive, olive branch out to the Varney and Barkley uh, wouldn't be a bad shout. Charlton fans, uh, as well as heading into the summer and a new season could be a great opportunity for the newest of our rebuilds. That's from Jack. Cheers. Jack Dean says, what an absolute shambles uh, that was. It should have been a 4-5-1 with Burstow being supported by DJ and Lecco. Also, why play Claire and Purrington as centre-backs when Lavelle and Fainway were on the bench? As for the officials, my God, shocking again. I'm sure if the EFL go over Charlton Park and pluck the worst referees from there, uh, yeah, that could be how they get him. Uh, highlight of the day was the ball boy kicking the ball at their player when he was down. What a legend. Uh, the other highlight should have been Campbell coming on, but I didn't stick around after the third goal, uh, unfortunately. I've never left a, a game uh, that early. As for all the players, well, I can't really say what I think about some of them because you wouldn't be able to read it out. Anyway, on to MK uh, next. Great uh, top pod as always, guys. That's from Dean. Cheers, Dean. Thanks for your message. Yeah, and that's the... It's harrowing, isn't it? That that last line, we've got to play again on Tuesday against a team that's doing really well. Right, Carl said, I can't bring myself to discuss yesterday in depth. I just wanted to know your views on Lavelle. I know he's been injured and we have to manage him, but it feels like we're being overcautious with him now. Uh, I wondered if you thought that and we're being overcautious or if it's another player that doesn't fit with what Jackson's trying to do, keep up the good work. Well, yeah, as, as I said, Ben, I did ask Jacko about that. I mean, his fitness was the thing I wanted to know first because we know he's been out a long time, but at some point, you need to start getting getting involved again, especially if we're struggling. I, I see no harm in bringing in a, a Sam Lavelle, who I mean, is part of a defence that conceded a lot of goals earlier on in the season. I'm not saying he's going to be the the, the thing that, m- that miraculously cures our problems, but I feel like at this stage it's worth a try. Yeah, I think definitely bring him in. I mean, wasn't he captain at Morecambe as well? So another leader on that pitch to help us galvanise the team when the heads are dropping. Um, and, and as I said earlier, I thought he was one of the shining lights before he got injured, especially in that Adkins era where, where we didn't have much to turn to. But um, And he actually popped up with a couple of goals too. I thought he showed a lot of passion and drive when he played for us. So that question that that, that guy's asked there will be answered on Tuesday. If he's not in the starting lineup, especially with Claire suspended, then maybe Jackson doesn't see him in the way he wants to play in the formation. Yeah, maybe not. Right, we're going to go over time. I just want to get these last few messages in. Reg says, uh, my four takeaways from Oxford. Some buffoons 
in the crowd near us opining that there was no point bringing on Mason Burstow as he doesn't want to play for us. He was totally up for it. Uh, as for the ball boy, lots of our passes went straight to their players, so that ball boy was consistent in that regard and gave us something to cheer about. Carl Robinson, uh, maybe a pound shop Ron Atkinson, but I suspect there's something to his post-match comments about the club. And then number four, however dismal our performance was, the sum of it was we lost a game of football. We'll be back at the Valley on Tuesday uh, with the usual hope of hope, uh, the usual mix of hope and misery. If it isn't life uh, and death, the news uh, this morning about Joey Bucomp, uh, the, uh, the uh, former Oxford player who sadly passed away. Uh, desperately sad and should remind us of all of that. Thoughts with the Oxford family uh, and all who knew him. That's, for, that's from Reg. Cheers. Reg Allen said, uh, I still think JJ is the man going forward. Uh, call me mad, but I can see what JJ is trying to do with the system, the formation and style. But we really do not have the players to play the system he wants. Can't wait for the season to end and to clear out 10 to 15 players. I think... Uh, that's half the problem with recent performances and everyone not sure if JJ will be here himself uh, next season. A lot of players know they will not be here next season and other than maybe being dragged near the bottom of the league, there's nothing for them to play for. Has anyone noticed that since Baby Mac has come along that Big Mac has not been the same goalkeeper? Keep the faith with JJ. Uh, get the players to fit the system, have a good goal uh, next season. Love or hate Carl Robinson. Look what he's done with Oxford over the last three seasons. Best footballing team I've seen in ages. That doesn't happen in the space of half a season. Yeah, if you remember, when Carl Robinson, quite early on in his time at Oxford, they were they were really in trouble. I think they, they, they spent a fair bit of time in the, the League One relegation zone early on under, under Robbo, but he was given the time to turn it around, wasn't he? Right, Craig said, undoubtedly the worst Charlton team I've seen in the past 30 years. Whatever needs doing, uh, then do it. But it'll be a long, a long uh, way back. That's from Craig. And then finally, Connor says, yesterday spoke volumes for me. It shows where we are as a club, which is mid-table this season. We had a great example of what a promotion-chasing team looks like. This is something the club have to take note uh, of and forward into next season. Jackson has to stay as manager and build the team he wants. Uh, he has players for uh, not playing for him, uh, which he has to ship out. I like the news articles where he said players have to prove themselves. Uh, it is going to be tough uh, to compete against the top teams without three quality strikers. So I do feel for Jackson at the moment, but the defending is all over the place. Reflect back to his start when we were keeping clean sheets. He has to get the team back to that whilst his strikers are out. There is a lot to do for next season and it starts now. That's from Connor. Cheers, Connor. Right. I mean, let's briefly look ahead to that, that game with Milton Keynes. I mean, they got a good result up at Sunderland yesterday, a 2-1 win, Ben. Um, you know, oh, we, we lost at their place earlier on in the season. They didn't look all that, but they, they seem to have grown into it. They're, they're sitting third. Obviously, they've, they've played a, a couple more games than, or three more games than Wigan in second, So and they're three points behind them. So, likely struggle to push for top two, but certainly a playoff hopeful team, and one that, uh, by the sounds of it, likes, likes to pass a lot. So, we might, might not be in a great deal of possession on Tuesday. Yeah, I listened to that Not The Top 20 pod and they were talking about how Milton Keynes' home pitch is, is actually really bad. So they kind of tipped them to win yesterday at Sunderland because uh, Sunderland obviously got a good playing service. And as you said, they pass the ball around really well and like to get it down and play. And look, that manager's come in, what, late August? I think we played him in one of his first games and he's done really well with them. They got a really dangerous front three and Para, Isa and Scott Twine who looks one of the best players in the league. So, yeah, they're known for that, aren't they, Milton Keynes? Playing some good football on the floor and uh, seem a very well-drilled side. But let's try and look for the positives. Look, a result like that yesterday, as I said, would have hurt Jacko more than anyone. Um, and I'm sure tomorrow on the training ground, he will relay those thoughts and put a rocket up them as, as one of the emails came in there and kind of think, look, this is it. 
you either got to prove yourself now or or you're out of my side, if you know what I mean. So it's going to be a big, um, big ask, of course. But if we can turn this round on Tuesday and get a positive result, then that'll really show us what um, Jacko's managerial credentials are. Lovely stuff. Right, well, let's call it a day now. Uh, thanks to those of you who have tuned in uh, to the show. I hope you've uh, enjoyed it, or as I often say, use it as a group therapy uh, session after yesterday's uh, humbling defeat against Oxford United. Thanks to those of you who spoke to us in the fans bar or sent your tweets uh, and emails in as well. Thank you, Benji, for, for uh, all your hard work, including coming on the show today. Cheers, mate. I love that show. Oh, well, there you go. It's got, got it off your chest now. That's, uh, you feel a lot better already. Right, lovely stuff. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday when we'll look back at the game against Milton Keynes and ahead to the trip uh, to Sheffield Wednesday. Look forward to speaking to you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.